Well, the day of Pentecost had come, and it is the birthday of the church. Hence, uh, the reason we have some balloons uh, recognizes the birthday, if you will, of the church itself. And we're told to wear red. Uh, but why? Well, red is not only the color of the flames that we are reminded of when the tongues of flame danced above the disciples' head. Certainly that is one uh, allocation for red. But it's also the celebrative life of the church. And so when uh, those celebrations come, people are encouraged to, uh, to wear red and to see red and to be involved with the celebration of the feast and festival. So the color red has a, a significant meaning for us. But if we look at uh, Paul's letter to the church at Rome, the eighth chapter is so beautiful, isn't it? It's probably one of the most uh, beautiful, I think, of the entire uh, works of St. Paul. He talks about believing in hope, a hope that is not yet realized, and that the gift of the Spirit is a gift of looking forward and living with a sense of hope that the creation will one day uh, be complete and we will have the redemption of our bodies and souls. So this, the sense of hope and the sense of fire come together, uh, a sense of purposefulness and a sense of victory uh, all in one. We live in a, in a world that seems so dominated uh, by the power of hopelessness. Uh, again, we saw this in Texas and the, the spirit of discouragement uh, comes up as we see violence again and again uh, manifesting itself in our world. So, born uh, to lose. I, I saw a tattoo <clears throat> on a man who was covered with significant uh, tattoos on his arms, at least that much I could see. But across the upper part was this, this sense of, of fatality, fatality uh, of, of fatalism. Uh, born to lose. How many, how many people, I wonder, are born with that sense that there is no purpose in their life. There's a, a sense of, of, of fatalness, of, of evil, of uh, power uh, in our world that so often expresses itself in hostility. And so we sense this in this world, and I wondered about what was in that man, uh, that he had that printed on his body as a witness, an attitude uh, that he was a loser already. And I wonder about our world, uh, if we have that tattooed on us someplace on our mind and on our thinking. Uh, it's a different way than the way of the church. Uh, the church has a message of the Holy Spirit that calls us to live in hope that the creation is not futile, that there is something better coming, and that we are a part of sharing that hopefulness uh, that we're not born as losers, we're born as uh, potentials uh, in this world. I remembered uh, Jesus talking about the spirit of dynamism. Uh, that, so we have this first sense of the Holy Spirit coming uh, on Pentecost where the wind blows through the upper room where the disciples were gathered is one of energy and hope. And he, he talks about the dynamism of the Holy Spirit apart from God. And he talked about old wineskins, remember, and new wine. He said, you know, when the Spirit comes, uh, it will be dynamic and cause us to change and take on uh, new challenges as the church, the body of Christ in the world. And he, he said, you know, you've got to be prepared to change your skins and be open to, to new ways of thinking, but especially about how the Spirit guides us through those times of change and uh, seemingly hopelessness oftentimes. He said, uh, you've got to put new skins to, to new wine. If you put new wine into old skins, the activity of the new wine, like the Holy Spirit, will, will crack uh, the old dried skins, and uh, both the wine and the skins will be lost. He likened the dynamism of the Holy Spirit, God working through us to new wine. It's kind of ironic that when the disciples are, 
are sharing the message of hope uh, in Jerusalem through the power of the Holy Spirit that they're accused of being drunk with new wine, uh, when in fact they're filled with uh, a new kind of spirit, and God is working a miracle unlike any other miracle that's men worked on the day of Pentecost when the disciples with uh, the fire of the Holy Spirit would go down the stairs and into the city and preach and proclaim the message of Jesus Christ to the world. But verse 28 uh, of, of Romans, when Paul talks about hope and the hope of the Spirit, it, there's this other sense of gentleness, of the Spirit always motivating us to change and believing that the, the redemption of our world is yet to come. And so the, the spirit of gentleness along with the activity of the Holy Spirit are both uh, re required together to get a glimpse of what's really occurring when the Holy Spirit comes. In Hebrew, the, the word ruach is uh, the same in spirit, in breath, and in wind. Uh, in the, the very beginning of creation, we're told that God's spirit or wind or breath blew on the void before him and material things came into being. The word expressed itself first and then the creation was born. God's spirit hovered above the creation and all was formless and void. You know the story of Genesis. And out of that formlessness and void, the word spoke and there was a created order and it was good. The spirit of God is a spirit of hope, a spirit of renewal, you know, the other uh, expressions of, of Hebrew comes to us uh, when the wind spoke and the uh, expression of the exodus, that the Spirit of God was moving uh, the people, Israel, through one desert experience after another. God was in the midst and the instigator of the journey and the dream that one day they would get home to a new home that God had uh, in mind for them, to that place where they would be fulfilled. It is the evidence in the, the storm on the Sea of Galilee when a Nazarene carpenter stood on the bow of the boat and challenged the winds to be silent, and they were. It is the quiet of the garden on Easter Sunday, and the absence of the wind was the affirmation of God's presence and resurrection. The wind was breathing upon us still. And finally, it's in the poetry of home. I'll speak about that in a minute. So what, what is the Holy Spirit? Uh, certainly it's, a, it's the plan and purpose of God. Uh, it is a, theologically, it is the presence of Jesus Christ with us now in a different form. That's theologically. It is uh, the Christ of faith. It is that same Jesus who is with the church as we move into a, a new time and a new place. And he said, if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit cannot come to you. So there's a purposefulness in the journey story itself where Jesus now has to go away before the Spirit uh, can make itself known to the disciples and to the world through them. I, uh, uh, maybe you saw uh, this advertisement. I, I think it's terrific. It's of about three or four boys, as I recall, playing somewhere in their bedroom, perhaps. And there's one of those violent uh, battle games, and they're all kind of locked into uh, winning uh, and, and defeating the enemy. I don't know if they're monsters from outer space, but they're all highly into uh, the battle scenes and the violence that goes on. And mom just has had it uh, with her constantly focusing on, on the, the screen and the technology that's coming out. Graphics, by the way, are wonderful, by the way. But she's had enough of it, of them not playing with each other, talking to each other. And so she goes downstairs and she cuts the power. Uh, and then 
they're just kind of left in the dark and I'm wondering what to do. And they, one of the boys captures a basketball in the corner and says, well, I guess since we have no power, we can get out and get to know each other and play ball together. And so they're forced, because of the, the thinking of the mother, uh, to go and to do something other than to play with uh, what are oftentimes very violent games. I was uh, mindful of a Jewish theologian, Martin Buber, who talked about the power of God to treat people as fully human beings. He talked about I, thou, instead of I, it. And then how we as human beings uh, can relate to people as its rather than as people. We're called uh, to a different lifestyle, to a hope-filled life future. And it's in relationship one to another. He said, I, thou, not I, it. I don't know if some of you are guilty of treating somebody uh, close to you as an it or not, but sometimes we do, don't we? So mom cuts the power, and the kids go out, and they start playing ball with each other. Uh, the church is a, a gathered community called to work together uh, to, to bring the world to a better sense of purposefulness, to have a sense of, of God's presence in the midst of us, causing us to go a different way. The birth of the church, it's dynamic and it's powerful. And yet there's a plan and a purpose of God beneath it all. It's not just all in the present moment. The presence of the Holy Spirit. I was uh, mindfulness, this last thought of the violence in our world and how we can see that violence and be fearful. Uh, imagine, if you will, going down a darkened street in a large city and you come across a group of, of young men all milling around uh, just before you and you're not sure what the future holds. But then imagine that they're holding Bibles in their hand and sense how your own attitude towards what is ahead of you would be completely changed. Yeah. God's purpose for us is to trust that he is in the midst of our journey, to see a different future going forward. Out of the chaos and lostness, God's Spirit created a new world. A new breath is coming, says Jesus. And he tells the disciples, go back to Jerusalem and wait there until the power of God comes to you. Uh, an upper room, the same upper room where they shared uh, the bread and the wine together. And celebrate still the presence of God uh, in the midst of their journey. Uh, the presence of God, I, I think of the journey where God is called Israel across the desert. Uh, and every morning, remember it's a small thing, but it's a major thing, manna was there, bread, the bread of life. God sustained them with his presence for the journey. We need uh, to believe in that sense of hope and that sense of God's presence in the midst of our world that sometimes seems uh, unconcerned for the least and the last. There's a story told of a life-saving station uh, along the coast where a number of ships had crashed and sailors uh, lost their lives. And sometimes they nearly lost their lives. And so a life-saving station was created there on the coast, and it had a wonderful ministry to, to sailors who were, who were broken one way or another. And they did well for a long time when they were focused on the presence and power of God and the purpose of God for their existence. 
But as time went on, uh, some people got an idea that they ought to make the life-saving station a little bit more comfortable uh, for the, the sailors who needed uh, a greater sense of peace and hope and healing. And then as time went on, there was a sense that maybe there was too minimalist uh, decor in that particular life-saving station. And, and so they, they brought in different furniture and made it more comfortable for the sailors to recover. And soon they began to think differently about the whole facility and they began to make it more beautiful. But they were still doing the ministry to the sailors who needed healing and hope. And as time went on, the, the people who cared for those sailors changed, and they hired people to do the work of the life-saving station. And they too changed the nature of the purpose of ministry for them. And eventually they became a museum. God has a purpose for the people of God, the church of God, to make a difference in the world and to keep God's purpose before us as we move ahead in time. The presence of God amidst all the journeys that we, we make. And the final one being the most important, our journey home, our ultimate home, God's purpose being fulfilled in Jesus Christ calling us to the place where he calls us to be. Remember in John 14, chapters, I go now to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. There's something behind and beneath the gospel that is not just about activities and trusting God, especially at the moments of the, the close of our life. I uh, share a true story uh, that happened as I was serving in Arcata. One of uh, our parishioners had a spouse who had cancer, and, and uh, she ultimately died. And she and Milt used to go skiing, a place called Titlow Hill. Some of you might know that uh, area outside of Arcata. She used to, uh, they did cross-country skiing there. When Shirley passed on, uh, she was cremated, and Milton and I uh, did her service, obviously, and then we took the ashes to spread them uh, at the place where they had cross-country skied so frequently on Titlow Hill area. We, uh, we had a prayer, certainly, to, to God's presence as we undid the lid to the uh, the canister that held her ashes. <clears throat> but at that, that moment, as we held the uh, ashes to the wind that went right down into the valley where they skied, uh, a hawk came by and screeched uh, so as to make a benediction on what was, uh, what was happening. And so as the ashes floated down into uh, the valley where they were skiing, there was a sense of the connectivity between the presence of the holy and the presence of the hope that, that calls us all home one day. There is a hope that binds us as a people of God and the Spirit of God that moves us to the ultimate home that God has in mind for us as his people, a people of hope, a people that see uh, this world as a special gift, but there's something beneath it, something beyond it, something more compelling that completes it. That made me think of a, a wonderful Native American benediction. The benediction was a simple one, but I think it, it's so typified in uh, the spirituality of Native American religion. It is all is finished in beauty. And all is finished in beauty. I, I couldn't help but think of that experience of the ashes being carried into uh, the valley where Milton Shirley had skied. It was a beautiful, hope-filled expression of, of faith that bound us together as she made her ultimate journey 
homeward. Poetry. Now finally comes the poet. Native American religion and spirituality is very poetic. You saw it. Uh, God gives us a, a sense of peace and helps us to see with new eyes. And every leaf and every crevice and every tree, God speaks to us of his spirit. And his spirit connects up with our spirit. All is finished in beauty. Some will, will fear uh, the destruction of the world at the end of time. Uh, I had a, a person come to my door. Uh, you've probably seen that person uh, convincing you that uh, the end of uh, all things is coming and you better be in the right tribe or you're going to be left behind uh, when the world is complete. Uh, the focus is on fear and not on faith. And I, I thought uh, to myself as we had this discussion, you know, you, you can say something simple like, you know, the scriptures say that we don't know the hour or the time. I trust God knows that and I trust God knows me. That tends to stop the discussion for those folks uh, who want to persuade you that you're in the wrong place and you need to straighten up. There is a sense of fear. There is a sense of hopelessness, a sense that you're in the wrong place and you're not among the right people uh, that I don't think is faithful to the scriptures. The Spirit of God calls the to the least and the last and the lost to trust that ultimately we're all going to be welcomed home to that place where God has gone before us. I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus said. And uh, the words that we hear are not going to be, are you in the right place or did you make the right decisions? They're going to be the word of the Father to the prodigal. Welcome home. Welcome home. Let's pray together. Loving God, as we enter a time of great change and since our world is in a different place and fatality and a sense of, of doom is ahead of us and a sense of taking life rather than giving life so often seems the, the essence of what we hear in the evening news. We pray, O oh God, for a sense of peace that comes in trusting that you are the future of our world, that you hold the future in your hands and that it is good. Breathe again, O oh breath of God, upon us. Open our eyes to see your presence in power and give us a sense of finding your purpose for our church as we go forward into that future. Fill us with that grace. Open our hearts and minds to your spirit. For we ask it in the name of the greatest spirit of all, even Jesus the Christ. Amen.